return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Amen. Well, tonight I'm going to welcome up Deb Colesbeck and she has a word. So let's give her a hand as she comes. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Mm. Presence is just so thick here tonight. Father, we just thank you. We're just so in love with you, Father. Jesus, you're just so awesome, so glorious, so powerful, so good, so present in our midst. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for being with us all the time. Yes, for providing us immediate access to the throne you, of God night and day. Oh, we're so grateful, Lord. Yes, Lord. And Lord, I ask for your help tonight. Lord, may your word come forth with power, with anointing. Give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And may we begin to see like never before with eyes of faith in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So renewing the mind 10... <laughs> I, I fully meant originally to kind of end with number 10 and just get into words, the power of words. But I was on page 7 and I wasn't to words yet. So I thought, well, apparently we're not doing words this week. <laughs> this matter of seeing by faith is a big deal. So Amen. Anyway, we've been discussing this matter, yes. renewing the mind for some time from all kinds of different angles. It is, of course, a command. Given by the Holy Spirit, Romans 12, 2 says, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Which also in the Greek is be metamorphosed, be changed from the inside out, be transfigured. And I showed you the verses on Jesus' transfiguration. Exact same Greek word. So when we're being commanded to be transformed, we're actually being commanded to be transfigured. And we're all thinking, oh, no, 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 it can't happen. That can't happen. It can and it should. We should be radiating the glory of God. Every time we step into a room, friends, the atmosphere atmosphere should be changing. Because we're carrying the glory into that room. Hallelujah. And then I showed you the verse, 2 Corinthians 3.18. This is the fourth time. Well, I can't remember my numbers. But anyway, it's another time that the metamorpho word is showing up. Here it is in the Amplified. All of us as with unveiled face. That simply means an open heart. Eager and ready to receive. Because we continue to behold in the word of God as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. And I hope you're seeing that because that means every time you open this living word of God, you're encountering the glory. So, and for us to choose, well, no time for the word today. Oh, are we really saying I don't want to be encountering the glory? We've got to get in here, friends. We are constantly being transfigured then into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor. 
and from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Friends, this is God's method of transformation. This is the divine setup for us to take on his very glory. This is the process our Father set up from the beginning. Because he wants us to prevail. He wants us. He intends for us to overcome in every situation and to be more than conquerors. Every area of our life. Now, there was at one point in history one of the most revered leaders of all time who just died. And his successor was very nervous, like, I don't know how I can fill his shoes. Maybe you know who I'm talking about, Moses and Joshua. And God came to Joshua and said, Joshua, I got a method. I got a method that I guarantee your success. And here it is, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. And this will work for all of us. Keep this book of the law, simply meaning all they had in those days was the Torah, the first five books. We've got, what, 39 now? Oh, that's the Old Testament. Then we got all the Old New Testament. 66, thank you. Meditate on it day and night. I heard a guy, he had a list of like 15 different things that meditate means. Chew on it, think on it, mutter it, sing it, think it. I think some people talk about digest it. One of the words, one of the words on his list was roar. Yeah, well, t- try shouting. I mean, just get it in your head and in your mouth so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. This is a promise from God himself. I want to bless you. I want to prosper you. It's my full intention that you succeed and that you flourish. And here's my method. Here's my method of success. Meditate on my word. Get it engrafted into your souls. Get it into your mouth. Mix it with faith. This is God's irrefutable means of transformation. There is no plan B. I mean, we've talked about the destiny and, and God's will in our life. Yes, then we have a plan B, C, D, E, all the way to Q and P. I mean, it's like our GPS. He'll always reroute us to get us where he wants us to be. But the method of transformation, there's one plan and one plan only, and that is his holy living word getting into us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if we want to please God, we've got to exercise some faith. Romans 10.17, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. And then we've talked about all the lies, several of the lies of the enemy. We talked about getting them out into the open because, friends, when it's hidden and we don't speak it and we just think it, it seems so big and so awful. But as soon as we get it out into the open, then the ridiculousness of what the enemy's trying to get us to believe is obvious, and then we can laugh at it, which is smart, by the way. <laughs> laugh at it. And... Um, Because we want to be thinking and believing what's in line with the word of God. We talked about the power we have over our thoughts. And it's crazy how many people do not understand this concept. That we are the gardener. We decide what grows in our garden. We do. We are the airport controller. We decide which planes land in our airport. Because we can reroute them, and maybe we should be rerouting some of the planes that are trying to land 
to some other airport. We are the computer programmer. We choose the programs on our computer. If you ever rent a car, I know I've said this before, you find yourself listening to very annoying, loud, junk kind of music. Are you stuck with it for the whole week while you're renting this car? No, change it. We're not powerless people. We are powerful. We can change the channel. Exactly. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says we are to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. It's our responsibility. And why is it such a big deal? Why should I deny access to certain planes wanting to land in my airport? Why should I pull up and remove those weeds that are trying to take over my garden? Why? Because what we think determines what we believe. What we believe determines what we experience. Remember that statistic? 95% of what we experience is driven by our subconscious. Not the thoughts we mentally give assent to. Yeah, you can say, oh, yeah, 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 I know God's with me. Yep, 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 I know it, I know it, I know it. I know I don't have to be afraid. But when it comes right down to it, and you're face to face with something that all of a sudden it matters what's in your subconscious. I was listening to uh, Wendy Bachlin the other day, and she was discussing this, the visionary aspects of faith. So I guess that's what got me started with all of this tonight. <laughs> because, friends, faith is not blind. It's visionary. The Bible talks about seeing with eyes of faith that the eyes of our spirit man can be and must be illuminated by the Spirit of God. Ephesians 1.18, I think I gave you that scripture. The eyes, this is part of Paul's prayer. And by the way, these are powerful prayers to pray over yourself, over your loved ones. And this is one of his prayers, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. We're talking about the eyes of our spirit man, friends. We're talking about the eyes of our heart. They are supposed to be enlightened, like be able to see. That you may know what is the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the light. Can we read it in the Passion Translation? I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. Now, a lot of Christians will say, oh, no, 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 we can't talk about that. We can't talk about imagination. I think we need to. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds where? In us. In us, his holy ones. Isn't That's pretty powerful. Now, maybe you've heard the quote, That imagination is the womb of faith. That simply means what we focus on. The images we give place to in our mind and in our imagination are what we will give birth to. So that's why, maybe you remember, God took Abraham outside when he wanted to try to get him to start believing that he was going to be a father of many nations. He said, start counting the stars, Abraham. Yeah, it is amazing. Because he wanted faith to be birthed in his heart. Later, he had him counting the sand on the seashore. 
Uh, a couple other examples. I felt like I needed to share a couple more. Second Corinthians 6. Were you able to find that one for me, Essie? We have Elisha and his servant Gehazi in a town called Dothan. Elisha's been giving these secrets by way of the Holy Ghost <laughs> to the, um, the Israelite king. And um, they wake up in the morning. Well, who knows exactly where Elisha is? He might be over here just meditating on the word. Maybe he's just waking up. Gehazi's over here in the kitchen making coffee, getting ready for the day. He looks out the window and, ah! He sees the soldiers. The entire Syrian army is surrounding the entire place where they are, and he freaks out. And he goes and gets Elisha. He says, Elisha, Elisha, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? When the servant of the man of God rose early and we went forth and behold, here was this host compassing the city. And his servant said, what are we going to do? And here's Elisha's answer. Now, if I'm seeing this right in the story, he didn't even go and look out the window first. All he said was, fear not. For more are they with us than the ones that are with them. They're more. You don't even have to worry about it. And then Elisha prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes that he could see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots. So we have these two men standing here, two men who are seeing completely different realities. You talked about that in Sunday school this morning. The spiritual reality is really more, it's bigger, it's stronger, it's more intense, it's more real than the physical reality. Gehazi saw only the physical reality, and he was filled with fear. Elisha saw a different reality. He saw in the spirit realm. I mean, we don't know if he even saw the chariots. Did he see the angels, or was he just so sure, so knowledgeable of his God and his protection around him? I don't know. What do you all think? I don't know. It's, it's worth thinking about, but we've got to walk in that kind of faith, friends. We've got to know that we know that God is for us, that he's with us, that he's assigned angels to take care of us. Hallelujah. Another story is in Joshua chapter 6. Um, let me see. I think the verse 1 and 2 says the city of Jericho was completely shut up. I believe that's how it says it. I didn't give Essie the scripture, so... Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none went in, and the Lord spoke. Okay, so here's Joshua again looking at this city. He sees the gates locked. He sees these great big walls. He knows the history. Nobody's ever been able to take this city. And yet he gives direction. I mean, he's, he's going by the word of the captain that appeared to him just a couple verses before. I'm giving you the city. I'm giving you the king and all the soldiers therein. It's yours. I mean, we've got to decide how are we going to live, friends. And we've got to start to incorporate. I'm trying to learn this, too, how to use to see it. You know what I mean? With my eyes of faith, with the eyes of my spirit. Moses, let's look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27. The Bible says this is how Moses endured. Because he was able to see the one who's invisible. Here it is. By faith he forsook Egypt. Now, I mean, I don't know if we've thought about this. Maybe you saw the movie a long time ago, Ten Commandments. I mean, he was Pharaoh's son. 
adopted son, he had every right to the throne. You know, and then the movie shows all the, the pressure from the females and the women. and Who knows what all was all going on? The riches, the pull of the riches and having all of his needs met. But the Bible says he was able to forsake Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. I mean, this is another thing we've got to get, friends. When we can start to see with eyes of faith, fear is eradicated. It takes care of fear. Hallelujah. For Moses endured. Put your name in there. Grace endured. Peggy endured. Jeff endured as seeing him who is invisible. How do you do that? How do you see someone who's invisible? Eyes of faith. There you go. Now, the NCV, did you find that special scripture for me? It says, it was by faith that Moses left Egypt and was not afraid of the king's anger. He continued strong as if he could see. The God that no one could see. Glory to God. So we can train our hearts, friends, to see the word of God fulfilled in our lives. And I dare you that, I mean, we can get started, get started in your prayer life. When you're, when you're approaching the throne, train yourself to see the glorious king on the throne. Train yourself to see the father with his arms wide open. Or around you. <laughs> Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 4.18, this is from the CEB translation. It says, by faith Moses left Egypt and was not afraid of the king's anger. Is this the same one or a different one? Yep. Okay. Well, this isn't what I wanted to say, but here we go. I'll read mine. <laughs> I maybe made a mistake. Sorry, Essie. We don't focus on the things that can be seen. We don't focus on the things that can be seen, but on the things that cannot be seen. The things that can be seen don't last. They're all temporary. So are you in 2 Corinthians 4.18, sweetie? Is it? Do you? Okay, well, it doesn't matter. I'll just read it to you. The things that can be seen don't last. I think we all got that figured out. (laughs) What we see out there isn't going to be there probably a hundred years from now. Might be. But But the things that cannot be seen, they are eternal. Friends, the spiritual realm is more real than the physical realm. All right, so I'm going to give you a couple little tidbits of information here, and you can just put it on the shelf, okay? And we'll just kind of blend it all together here. Number one. This goes on shelf number one. There's a very famous quote by Albert Einstein. I know he wasn't a believer, but he's a pretty intelligent man who succeeded at a lot of things. He said, I think that only daring speculation can lead us on further, not the accumulation of facts. So in other words, and just put that on the shelf, what he's saying is if we want to go further, if we want to make some progress, say in our Christian lives, it's going to take daring audacious speculation, not just gathering facts. All right, got that on shelf number one? All right, here's number two. In my college lit class, anybody have to take English lit at college? Write paper after paper after paper after paper, a new paper every week. How do you do it? Well, this is what they taught us. It's all about rumination. You remember that big word? Okay, what's rumination? 
Okay, so whatever your subject is, I don't know, I can't even think of stars in the sky. Okay, so the rumination is just starting to write. Everything that comes to your mind, write it down, write it down, write it down, write it down. That's rumination. It's the first step in writing a paper. <laughs> it's actually pretty key in hearing from God, too, guys. What God gives you. If, you. if you're in the flow and you've been in the Word and God says, hey, gives you a thought, start writing, and sometimes yeah. you'll get even more. It's kind yeah. of an amazing thing. All right, shelf number two. Here's shelf number three, and this one is a little bit longer. I took this course a couple weeks ago called Four Keys to Hearing God's Voice. Pastor Dave preached on this, this similar kind of message a couple of years ago from Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. I think I gave you that, right, Essie? Yeah. So his first point is get quiet. Get yourself still. And the scripture, the first verse, were you able to find it? Habakkuk. It says, I will stand upon my watch. There we go. I will stand upon my watch. I will set myself upon the tower. So we get ourselves in a place quiet so we can hear from God. And his second point is to engage your vision. Now, this is very interesting. So see what Habakkuk says. He says, I will watch to see what he will say. How do you do that? I'm going to watch to see what he will say. How do you do that? You use the eyes of your heart. Hallelujah. Engaging the vision. I already talked with you about Moses, the secret of seeing the invisible God. I shared Paul's strong suggestion in 2 Corinthians that we learn to fix our eyes, the eyes of our spirit, on the eternal. And now here's Habakkuk saying, how did he hear from God? By watching, by seeing what God would speak. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, we are to look unto Jesus to fix our eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. And and here, she kept us in Habakkuk. Good. Okay, so the third point then is this part. um, Whoops. (laughs) Can you take me back to Habakkuk? There we go. So I stood upon my watch. I sat upon the tower that was number one. I will watch to see what he will say to me. So again, this is where this gentleman, Mark Vorkler, who was given this course, was talking about writing again. Just get in the flow and start to record. And here he says the fourth point is to write it down. Where was it? Where was it? Write the vision. Write the vision. Okay, here's my fourth little tidbit I want to add now before I start talking about all this good stuff. And that is um, the statement by a lot of people who study the brain is that if there's ever a battle between your will and the imagination, the imagination will win. Like you can say to yourself, I will not worry, I will not worry, I will not worry. But if your imagination, if you are seeing all of these what-ifs and this, this picture in your mind of the worst that could happen, guess who's going to win? It's going to be your imagination. So I want to go into now, I'm going to ask about seven questions, kind of try to help us 
how to see by faith, okay? So here's, here's one question. How do you see yourself? Is your picture of a sinner? Do you see yourself in your subconscious like that woman who used to sing, I'm only human? <laughs> exactly. I mean, honestly, we can see ourselves like that. Like, okay, it's just me. I, I'm just this little person, just, just human. Or do you daringly speculate that you are the righteousness of God, dressed in Jesus' righteousness, his blamelessness, and even his innocence? Hallelujah. Question number two, do you see yourself oppressed? With the hand of the enemy all over your life. Or can you see? Can you grasp with the eyes of your understanding that you are the favored of the Lord? Now, honestly, I, I should have spent more time on this because people see themselves with this, with all these fiery darts coming at them all the time. They see themselves with being strangled, being squished. But friends, we've got to change the picture. We've got to see with eyes of faith that the favor of God is flowing, flowing all over us. We are crowned, the Bible says, with loving kindness and tender mercies. Here's question number three. Do you see yourself as little? Do you have this image on the screen of your subconscious of this little tiny person just existing in the world? Or do you see yourself as large, even a partaker of the divine nature? What if we were to daringly speculate, friends, how big, how big God sees us? Or the demons, for that matter. I'm telling you, they tremble when they see you coming. Question number four, do you see yourself as sick? Do you have the image of yourself under the dominion of sin and death? Or can you fix your eyes by faith on the wholeness of Christ and come to terms with the fact, the fact, friends, Romans 8, 2, that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. I mean, these are pictures we can literally change in our subconscious, friends. Question number five, do you see yourself as powerless or powerful? Do you see yourself as weak, tired, weary? Or can you visualize the truth that he is imparting strength to his people, including you? What if we were to visualize Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31? You got that verse for us, Miss Essie? I dare you to start reading the Bible like this. Start seeing it. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, the Hebrew here is kavah, which means to wrap around like a rope. Pastor Davis preached on the little ivy that wraps itself around the tree, and even in the blizzard, not the blizzard, um, whatever, a big storm, even when the tree goes down, that little ivy is still hanging on, hanging on. But what it just means to get close enough. Yep. Well, whatever you wrap yourself around is what you become. That's right. 
I mean, you can wrap yourself around the weak thing or the strong thing. And personally, I want to be as close as I can to the strong and the eternal God. Hallelujah. They who wrap themselves around the eternal will find their strength renewed, replenished, revived. Hallelujah. They are the ones that will find themselves mounting up with wings. I dare you. Can you see it? Can you see it right now? Can you see yourself mounting up with wings like an eagle? The Bible says they shall run. Woo! That's you. You shall run. You shall walk and not faint. Question number six, do you see yourself as lacking, missing out? Is that image on your subconscious of you still waiting, 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 waiting for that missing piece, waiting for that zap from God, waiting for that answer to prayer, waiting for that something that will finally fulfill you and empower you? Or can you begin to possess all that Christ has already captured for you. I'm telling you, your spirit man is already complete. Colossians 2.10, you are complete in Christ. The Passion Translation, do you have it for us, Essie? Here it is. Our own completeness is now found in him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. Friends, look at it. Start Amen. seeing it. See it happening in you. Yep. Amen. The fullness overflowing. The fullness overflowing into your whatever. In school, it can help in math. It can help in spelling. It can help in calculus. It can help it on your job. It can help in any area of your life. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. Glory to God. Can we get that image of God's fullness of Christ inside of us, permeating and saturating everything that we do and say? Uh Acts 17, 28 says we live and move and have our being in him. Second Peter 1, 3, you might be tired of this verse by now, but I love this verse. According as his divine power hath given its past tense, friends, He has already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. It's ours. But here's one of the keys. Through the knowledge of him. So we got to read about it. we got to study it. we got to figure it out. What's mine? What's mine? Oh, my goodness. That's mine, too. Hallelujah. And then grab it and take it and make it yours. He's called us to glory and to virtue. Friends, it's not about us waiting for God to do the zapping. It's not a matter of getting that knowledge in, excuse me, it is a matter of getting that knowledge into our subconscious of who we really are, of the power and the glory and the fullness of his inheritance. So here's my seventh question. Do you see yourself as a little praying person who just every, every once in a while getting through to heaven? Or can you perceive and believe that you are mighty in prayer? Can you see yourself seated with Christ on the throne in heavenly places? Can you see him, the undefeated one, handing you the victory? Isn't that what the Bible says? Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory. 
Can you take that great authority he's already given you in his name and take your place with power over the enemy? Friends, we're never going to know what we really can become until we let go of what we think we are. So I dare you to join me in this daring speculation. Let's start seeing God's truth even in our subconscious. Now, there's a couple powerful ways that we can do that. I'll try to do this really quickly. Instead of just, I know, I know you're all picturing just sitting in a chair and seeing it. <laughs> but there's got to be a little bit of engagement, okay? Yes, it works to sit in your chair at home and read the Bible and say, Oh, but once in a while you should shout. Whoa, that's mine. Yay, I take that one. Glory to God. Okay, so here, powerful declarations. And you know I've been trying to teach you this a little bit, and hopefully all you guys. Are you making declarations? Yes. All right, put your name in the living word of God, because number one, the word of God is powerful. The Bible says, Psalm 103, 20, that the very angels are just standing around listening, because when they hear the word of God, they run to make it come to pass. Secondly, there is the power of repetition. I don't know if you've studied the brain like that, but it takes, what, 21 days to make something a habit? But just repeating the word of God, just repeating the word of God and declaring it again and again, it gets down into our subconscious and faith begins to arise. Another great way you can almost bypass the brain, friends, and move straight to the subconscious, are you interested, huh, huh, is engaging in worship. Because it says, from what this lady was explaining, that she was studying all these different brain waves. When we get lost in worship, that we move into a different brain wave pattern, and you bypass the brain, and what you're singing about just lands right there in your subconscious, and faith grabs it and becomes a stronghold of faith instead of a stronghold of fear. <clears throat> Uh, let's see, I'm going to skip that little part here. You know, in the 60s and the 70s, when the, the, the hippies were all getting saved, they wrote all this scripture, they put it in song. And it was so powerful, and that was kind of the time when I got saved. And so I, I learned so much of the Bible that way, singing the scriptures to music. It's It's powerful. And uh, so here's my last tiny little thing I wanted to say. You know, a lot of the strongholds of fear and anxiety and worthlessness and whatever these things, some of them, a lot of them take root in the middle of or right after trauma, um, abuse, betrayal, when people have been lied to, extreme pressure of some kind. Because, again, what happens is in that shock, people will move into that different brainwave pattern and so that it gets locked in their subconscious. But get this. (laughs) This woman was explaining, friends, that we can do the same thing. The the same thing happens in a God encounter. Mm -hmm. Has anyone here ever had a God encounter that just changed you? Okay, again, do we just sit here and say, okay, God, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for a God encounter. Is that how you do it? No, friends, we can arrange for our own God encounters. Did you know that? We can just put on the music. We can dance in the spirit. We can get our flags out. 
We can even just, I just, just love to sit. Sorry, I just love to study. What does it say that? And then I look at it in about five of the translations and I'm writing notes and yes, I get excited. Whatever gets you into the presence of God, friends, we can do it any time of the day or night. Arrange for a God encounter. Glory to God. Glory to God. So I have a few declarations for you tonight. You ready? Okay, here we go. I see with eyes of faith. The eyes of my heart behold and gaze on the invisible God. I see myself in Christ. Dead to sin and alive to righteousness. I'm full of God. His glory is in me. And it's radiating from me. Hallelujah. I carry the glory of Christ. I carry his light and his love. The atmosphere of every room. Changes when I walk in. Can you believe that? Because Christ is in me. I see the virtue of Christ upon me. Dunamis power is in me. When I pray, power is released. With signs and wonders following. By faith I see. And I understand. I am more than a conqueror. I see myself set up to win. In every challenge. In every impossibility. Completely sufficient grace. Is flowing on my behalf. I see every difficulty. As just one more opportunity. For Christ to be glorified. I'm not afraid. I'm not dismayed. I'm walking in faith. I'm walking in victory. The Lord of hosts is with me. The God of Jacob is my refuge. Angels attend me night and day. I'm not alone. I'm never alone. God himself is my shield and my exceeding great reward. All right, stand up with me. Can you praise the Lord Jesus? We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Lord, help us, help us to see with eyes of faith. Glory to your name, glory to your name. Thank you for what you're doing in this great people. Thank you for the seeds of greatness you've placed in them. Thank you for the opportunities, even this week, for them to carry the glory, to carry the light, to proclaim the goodness of Jesus Christ. Thank you for dunamis power in every single person in this room. And I release the blessing of God upon you and the peace of God in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Woo, 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 woo. Glory to God.
going the strength of your God. Yes, you can, you're going to prevail. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.